This is Bigger Pockets Daily, where I read evergreen articles on real estate investing so you can still learn while you're on the go. If you just found the show on this Wednesday, welcome. And please tap the subscribe button so you'll get these automatically delivered to you every day, including weekends. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. Managing your finances used to be a pain. It was either useless apps or overcomplicated spreadsheets. Ugh. But now, with Monarch Money, managing your money is easier than ever. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash bigger. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it easy to set up, customize, and use. You can even collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor at no extra cost to get a joint view of all your finances. Customize your dashboard, notifications, and budgets with a tap. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show right here will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com bigger. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com bigger for your extended 30-day free trial. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. House Hacking, How to Screen Your Tenants by Craig Curlop. Carefully screening tenants is a must-do for those who are renting out real estate. The importance multiplies when house hacking, especially if you plan to continue living in the property. These people are going to be your roommate or neighbor. For those of you who do not know what house hacking is, Here is a brief explanation. House hacking is purchasing a one to four unit property with 10% down or less. You live in one part of the property and rent the rest out, such that the rent you collect fully or partially covers your mortgage. This is one of the best ways to build wealth. I highly suggest everyone does it in some capacity. There are many ways to house hack, including one, traditional. Buy a duplex, triplex, or quadplex. Live in one unit while renting the others. Two, rent by room. Buy a single-family home. Live in one room. Rent out the others. Three, short-term rental. Buy a single-family residence with a mother-in-law suite or auxiliary dwelling unit. Live in the main house and rent out the extra space, either full-time or on Airbnb. Four, live and flip. Buy a semi-distressed property, fix it up over the course of two years, and sell it with the first 250 k or 500 k if married, tax-free. 
In this article, I am going to run you through how to screen a tenant for a house hack. Before we get into the tactics, let me lay a quick foundation. We are going to think of finding the perfect tenant as a funnel. You should aim to increase the leads flowing in, then focus on filtering out any unqualified leads based on predetermined criteria. Then, you'll be left with a few perfect tenants to choose from. Step 1. Select your criteria. Before you list your property for rent, you are going to want to write down a set of standards you expect each tenant to meet. Some might be minimum income to rent ratio, minimum credit score, clean background check, positive references. Writing down your standards will help you in two ways. One, it will protect you against any claims of discrimination. Secondly, it will help you remember and will hold you accountable for when it comes time to choose a tenant. Do yourself a favor and write down your minimum criteria before reading the rest of this article. Step 2. Conduct pre-screens. Once you've determined your criteria, it is time for pre-screening. If you are listing your property effectively, you are going to get a lot of inquiries. Your time is valuable, and so is theirs. Rather than setting up a showing for every person who inquires, first do a little bit of research. Try to find them on social media. Look through some of their pictures and posts. If they seem weird or sketchy, you can politely refuse their request. For example, one time I had someone inquire about a room in my house. His Facebook profile had a picture of him with a gun in one hand and fanning out several $100 bills in the other hand. No thanks. Next. If you look through their social media and everything seems okay, ask them to chat on the phone for 5 to 10 minutes. This will not only allow you to get a feel for your potential tenant, but it will build your credibility as well. That way, if you do like them, there is a higher probability they will show up to tour your property and may even choose your place over someone else's. Phone call. When you are on the phone with a potential new tenant, do your best to make the conversation natural. Here is an example of a phone conversation I might have with a potential tenant named Jim. Jim? Hello. Craig. Hey, Jim. It's Craig from Facebook Marketplace. Is now still a good time to chat about the unit or room for rent? Jim. Yeah, sure. Craig. Cool, man. How is your day going? Jim. So far, so good. I'm actually about to head to work in a little bit. Craig. Oh, nice. What is it that you do for work? Jim. I actually work as a security guard at the local prison. I usually work the graveyard shift. Pays a little more, and there's something about being awake when most of the world is sleeping that I really like. Craig. Nice, dude. Yeah, I can only imagine how that would be. A world without traffic, honking, and hundreds of thousands of people. Sounds real nice. But let me tell you a little bit about the place. The house is a 2,400-square-foot, five-bedroom, two-bathroom house. There are three bedrooms upstairs and two downstairs. The room that is available is the one upstairs, and it, it's your standard room with a closet. No private bath or separate entrance. All of the roommates get along nicely, but quite frankly, we all have different schedules. Very rarely are we all home at the same time. Does that sound all good to you? Jim. Yeah, that sounds good. Craig. Sweet. So. Tell me a little more about you. What is it that you like to do for fun? Jim, when I'm not working, you will find me in the mountains. In the winter, I enjoy snowboarding, and in the summer, I love to hike and camp. Craig, awesome, man. Sounds like you will fit in nicely. Let me describe the process to move forward. The next step is that we would have you come look at the place. If you like it, we will send you an application to fill out through a site called Cozy. 
As part of that application, there's a background and credit check that will cost you $40. Does that all sound good to you? Jim, yep, no problem at all. Craig, great. Then let's set up a time for you to come look. We are having some people come by on Thursday between 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. Does that work for you? Jim, that should work. Craig, awesome. I'll confirm with you on Thursday and text you the address then. See how that conversation flowed naturally while I was still able to obtain a good amount of information about him? I understand what he does for work, so I have a good idea as to whether or not he makes enough money to pay rent each month. Secondly, I understand what his pastimes are to make sure that he will fit into the culture of the house. Lastly, he knows that he is responsible for paying $40 for the background and credit check. If he actually fills out an application, it will confirm that he is serious and will tell me about his credit and background. If he has bad credit or a troubled background, he'd be wasting $40 on the application. I can get these big questions answered all while judging the quality of the conversation to see if this is a person I want to live with or next to. There might be some other deal breakers for you, so make sure you work those into the conversation. If the pre-screening and phone call goes well, be sure to set up the showing at the end of the phone call. Step 3. Complete actual screening. When the day arrives to show the property, the first thing to do is to confirm with all prospective tenants that they are still planning to come check the place out. You do not want to be wasting your time waiting for people who are not going to show up. For that reason, I like to do group showings. I tell them to come anytime between 4 p.m. and 6 p.m., and I'm sure to be home between those hours. I always introduce myself to everyone who walks in and can quickly get a feel for them based on their appearance. What do they dress like? How do they carry themselves? You can tell a lot just by meeting someone in person. Group showings allow you to show more people the property in less time. It also instills competition amongst potential tenants, making them want to fill out an application sooner if they truly want the place. Application. That brings us to the next step, the application. After the showing, if someone wants to move forward, you send them an application. I like to do it through a site called Cozy. It's completely free for landlords to use and includes all of the relevant information you need to collect. If you are not using Cozy or something similar, be sure to ask for pertinent information, including 1. Name 2. Job title, pay, and work references 3. Credit score 4. Background check 5. Previous landlord and roommate references 6. Do you smoke? How often? 7. Do you have pets? How many? Due diligence. Once you have this information, it is time to verify that all of it is true. The credit and background check come from a third party, but it's always good to confirm that the name on the report aligns with the name on the application. The second thing you want to do is to confirm their pay. You can do this by either requesting pay stubs, calling their work reference, or both. I recommend doing both. It's entirely possible to manipulate a pay stub to make it look like you're getting paid more than they are. It is essential that you obtain previous landlord and roommate references. In the case of screening tenants, past performance is indicative of future results. People rarely change when it comes to their living situation. If their prior roommates, landlords, or neighbors hated them, you probably will too. Lastly, there are a few other things you may want to know about the person. Do they smoke? If so, how often? Do you want to be picking up cigarette butts in the yard? Do they have pets? Remember, these people are going to be living with or next to you. Do you want a dog around? 
These are all things you need to consider when screening for house hacks. If you are comfortable with the tenant's application and he or she passes your screening, you can go ahead and accept the tenant and plan the move-in date. Conclusion Always be sure to screen your tenants and screen them properly. Do not take any shortcuts here, especially when house hacking. These are going to be your future roommates and neighbors. Eventually, they might even occupy the property without you there. You are going to want to trust them to keep the property in good condition. You made it through another episode of Bigger Pockets Daily. Did you learn something new? If you still have questions about this subject, jump onto the forums at biggerpockets.com forum. It's like being at a 24-7 networking event without the business cards and awkward small talk. Otherwise, you know the drill. We'll have another episode waiting for you in the morning.